Welcome to Showing Our True Colors, where we tap into our vulnerability, embrace our multidimensionality, and honor showing up just as we are. Here, it's just us, a little universe of our own. Welcome to the Red episode, where we talk all things resistance, releasing rage, and making love a ritual. The tea for today, well, <laughs> we about to get into that, but the actual tea, the tea that I'm drinking is this great blend of ginger root, dandelion root, raspberry leaf, chamomile, and a touch of cayenne pepper. It does wonders for my menstrual cramps. So it is my go-to every time my cycle comes around. So we have a lot to talk about. There's just a lot to unpack, a lot to get into when it comes to resistance. So I feel like we should just take it step by step. What I think is valuable to realize about resistance is that we really have to study the root of where a lot of our emotions come from. When we study the root, we have a greater understanding of how they started, why and where they were created, and what is needed in the moment. Our feelings are just guides. Think of them as you know, tiny little messengers trying to relay information about your experiences, your wounds, your needs, and what brings you most joy. So they're really here to actually help us. So when we release attachment and judgment of our emotions, and we actually give ourselves permission to feel them, they hold less weight inside of us. They have more space to just exist and be. The thing about resistance is that we feel bad about feeling bad. We build resistance when we don't accept how we feel. We think, oh my God, I, I can't believe I'm feeling this way. I, I shouldn't be feeling this way. This isn't right. We place expectations and demands on our emotions before we even truly understand them. When we realize that there's nothing wrong with how you feel, it doesn't make you a bad person and it doesn't negate from your worth at all. It's just you having an experience inside of yourself. And when we understand it's not that I am anger, but that I am having the experience of anger occurring inside of me, and there's a root, there's a reason this anger has manifested itself in the way that it has. It didn't just come out of nowhere like, poof, you just angry. It's years of cultivation of, you know, unmet needs, boundaries being crossed, resentment, betrayal, uh, neglect of your own self. There's really just so many reasons that it can be. If we spent less time judging them and more time inquiring about our feelings, I think we would discover more of why we do what we do. When we just see them as patterns, they are just parts of ourselves asking to be seen and acknowledged by us. There's this really great quote by Carl Jung where he says, until you make the unconscious conscious, 
It will direct your life and you will call it fate. And why I love that quote so much is because we seek a lot. We seek for answers all the time outside of ourselves. But the truth is, a lot of the big answers we're looking for are actually hidden in our everyday lives, hidden in the mundane, hidden in the subtle, and in the subconscious. What don't you know? What hasn't been revealed to you? What level of safety are you at with your body that your body is giving you access to this information that you might have stored away in order to protect yourself? And we have to sometimes look at the ego as just that. It's just looking to protect you. But as much as it's looking to protect you, it keeps you in the same pattern, out of safety, To go beyond our patterns means that we're constantly meeting resistance. Think of it kind of like a merry-go-round. You know that one thing that really activates you and every time it happens, you literally do the same thing, you say the same thing, and you react the same way every single time. If you just take a step back you can see that you are choosing to hop on that merry-go-round, which is the pattern. When you become more conscious of your patterns, you witness the merry-go-round and you're like, okay, am I about to jump on this? You know what I'm saying? Like, I see this, oh, here we go again. Like, I know exactly what's about to happen. But the thing is, you've gotten stronger, you've gotten more aware. So even when your body is pulling you to react in the same program behavior, you know that you get to choose from a place of creation. And the point is, is like never, you know, the point is not to never jump on, but the point is to witness your reactions as part of your programming and part of yourself. The way through is by accepting ourselves, not by constantly being in a state of like, ah, I need to fix myself, I need to be better, I need to be good. The more we accept ourselves and actually accept our patterns, the more our resistance is surrendered. We actually give ourselves a chance to let change take place inside of us. The thing is, A lot of times we act from a place of like fight or flight or like sheer panic. Do y'all remember in the first Harry Potter when Ron, Harry, and Hermione jump through that trap door guarded by the three-headed dogs and they like fall into this giant pile of black vines and the only way to survive and like get out of the vines was to stay calm. Remember how Ron was like losing his shit and Hermione had to save him? A lot of times working with resistance can look like that. To really gain greater insight in an issue that we're having in our life, we have to be open, relaxed, and calm and let the solution rise to the surface. To let wisdom crystallize. That's where the answers come. The answers don't come when we are resisting what is in life. You know, whether that's your job, your relationship, where you're living, any of it, anything going on in life, if you're meeting it with force of like, I don't want to be here, I don't want to do this. If we are fighting life, 
the vines are constricting us and we're actually moving further away from the answers and the solution that we're looking for. To truly receive the answers, the body is relaxed. When we let things be and allow things to exist within us, rather than suppressing them or judging them or hiding from them, it doesn't give them as much power. It's kind of like when we hide from certain parts of us, the more that we keep it in the dark and don't look at it, the bigger it grows due to our fear of it since we don't want to confront it. The emotion actually becomes stronger and has the ability to take the steering wheel of our life because we are willing to be unconscious in this manner. So it will steer the car and you're like, where are we going? How does this happen? How did I get here? You know, how did I even get to this point in my life? This isn't who I truly am. But it's from years of suppression and rejecting the emotion and telling yourself that, no, you can't feel this way. It becomes so strong and so large that it runs the show. And you know what? When you say, I hear you, I see you, you're angry, you're allowed to be angry. It's valid for you to feel angry. Your experience is welcome here. I welcome it all. What happens is you take that emotion and you place it into the passenger seat or even the back seat. You start to be the one in control of your patterns, aware of your patterns, aware of yourself, aware of things that you didn't even realize that you were still carrying. Emotions become unregulated and are expressed in dysfunctional manners when they haven't had enough space to be processed within us. So it's not that they're so strong and I don't have any control. It's that we don't have enough relationship to it. We haven't built enough trust with this emotion and trust in our bodies that we can process, regulate, and then communicate ourselves and communicate to others when we are feeling in states of unconsciousness, turbulence, or activation. The main thing is to get into relationship with our anger, getting to know it, and just seeing our emotions as beautiful parts of us and parts of us that give us opportunities to learn and integrate our lessons. We spend a lot of energy just avoiding all of it. And the thing is, when we avoid one side, we avoid the other. It's like putting on a glove. You don't really feel much because you're not allowing yourself the totality of what really needs to be felt. And our body knows that. So our body will only reveal to us with what we are ready to receive. There's a saying that when you start healing, it feels like the reverse is happening. Once you reach a certain depth of your healing, a lot starts coming up. It honestly feels like shit is getting worse. But the reality is, is that I'm no longer closing myself off to it. I am now opening up and getting into a new kind of relationship with myself. A new kind of relationship that allows more emotions to come up, come through, and that are not just holding space for what I deem as acceptable. So when you start to understand yourself 
and the workings of your body and your mind. Once you know, finding out your whys and knowing is such a great place to start. But what I realize is that a lot of healing is beyond the mind. You know all this stuff about yourself. Great. Now what are you going to do about it? Are you going to go back into those memories and let yourself feel that anger you felt when you were seven years old? Because I can use my pain as a philosophy all I want. Yeah, I know why I am the way I am. But philosophy is not experience. I'm not going in there and feeling how much hurt and anger I felt as a kid. Going back to those places and resolving and releasing the energy that's still in there. Giving myself that love, care, those needs that may have never been met as a child. So once you know, it's really important to transition into the feeling, feeling all of the feelings. I cannot emphasize enough that it's just not enough to just know why you are the way you are. You have to actually do something about it. And that's something I'm still practicing every day. You know, I've caught myself easily in my head, in my thoughts, just adding to my list of things that I know, but it's actually in the spaces of the unknown and the uncertainty, the feeling spaces that, may have, that you may have not allowed yourself to enter before. With emotions like anger and rage, they are just looking to be seen. They are just looking to be expressed. They're like, you know, you've had me trapped in here for years. Let me out. Let me go. I think we've seen what anger and rage can do, right? So it's it's more so the outcome of the feeling that kind of has a negative reputation. But in reality, anger and rage can be a pretty positive thing. It's a lot of pent-up energy inside of you. It's just energy that wants to be free. These emotions can be positive things for your life when they're expressed in a healthy manner. The dangerous part of anger is that when it turns into resentment. And see, the thing about resentment, it's a very clever kind of emotion because it comes in small doses and you don't really think much of it. Like, you know, this person did this thing and it annoyed me, but I'm not gonna say anything. I'm gonna just hold it in. You know, it's a little something. It doesn't really matter. I'm gonna just, for the sake of this. Here's the thing, it adds up. The tallies double and triple and one day you wake up and you're like, shit. I cannot feel a thing. Resentment can numb you. You know, numb you with like passive aggressive episodes and just in a constant state of unhappiness. So with anger, I do believe it needs to be released. Whether that's shaking your whole body, screaming into a pillow, screaming in general, working out, crying it out, writing it out. You want to write a letter to someone who really pissed you the fuck off and you never got closure? Let it out. And if you think, oh, I don't want someone to see that, let it out. 
write it out just for you and say exactly what you need to say. And whatever that looks like for you, make art out of it. Break shit. Okay, (laughs) I'm not telling you to flip your whole house upside down or anything. I'm like getting little flashbacks of like an early insecure episode where Issa literally destroys her whole apartment. And I mean, you know, sometimes that's what you need to do. But if you can express it without hurting you or hurting others in a way that feels right for you, and sometimes you have to try it on and, you know, know how it feels, it might kind of feel, I feel like when you're starting to learn how to help yourself in moments of anger or sadness or, you know, despair, grief, it feels awkward to sometimes give yourself that helping hand. It feels almost unnatural because you're not used to creating a healthy habit of helping yourself process those emotions. So let it be awkward, like it's okay. It feels weird for you to scream into a pillow um, on Tuesday at 2 p.m. Okay, you know, (laughs) work with that uncomfortability, like, it is gonna feel a little bit weird when you start doing new things for yourself. But whatever that is inside of you, it needs to come out. That's why it keeps coming back. So just like we said earlier, feelings are really a guide. They're trying to show you something. They're trying to tell you something. Imagine just if you did all those things for yourself every time you got angry on a consistent basis, How would you feel? You know, those small moments that occur during the day, you start to feel like a shift in your being. And it just reminds you that you're always being assisted in the growth and the change that you're looking for. It's just that we have to be aware of it. It's almost like it's waiting for our awareness. That way we can make the change. It really doesn't happen outside of us. It really does start within us. And developing our relationship with ourselves is ever-changing. It never stops. So I think once we're aware and we know and we move into the feeling, so like feeling the rage, feeling the anger, a lot of times anger is repressed sadness. Sometimes anger is setting boundaries and protection. And sometimes anger can even be a lot of fear. So understanding anger is not this like, ooh, this person is so angry or, ooh, we're so angry. I don't want to deal with this. Why don't we look underneath the rock and see what that really is? Because a lot of times it's just years of something that has manifested into something else. And we don't always know how to communicate ourselves. It's not something a lot of us were taught. The honest truth was that a lot of us grew up in households where our emotional needs were not met, not out of not wanting to, but simply not knowing how to even for themselves. So with that being said, we have to learn how to reparent ourselves and give ourselves what we need in order to understand the full range of our emotional experience. The more I continue to give myself what I need, there's like this care there 
It's like I care about all these different parts of myself or all these different emotions inside. I don't just care about the side of me that's like, ooh, I love all these great parts of you and you're so this and you're so, mm, you're so confident. That's great. <laughs> I, I love acknowledging those parts too, but it's acknowledging the parts that you don't like to see. The parts where you're like, oh, you know, those parts of you that revisit memories that are incredibly uncomfortable. I'm telling you next level cringy. It's unbearable. It's that icky feeling you get when you're doing something you know you're uncomfortable with, but you know it's leading you towards your greater growth. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. So when we can embrace the uncomfortable and sit with it, it doesn't have the same control over us. We are no longer avoiding these things. And you know what? Rage is, in a sense, it inspires action. It means you want to do something about it. There's something you're willing to put your full force into. And that can actually be a great thing. Look, you see this cup? Imagine I have three or four cups around me. I take my rage and I pour it into different areas of my life. I channel it. I dedicate it into something higher. I'm going to dedicate this rage into my practice. I'm going to dedicate this to my art. I'm going to dedicate this to going deeper into myself and my relationships. We can channel it. We don't have to just let this one cup fill up and just explode and go nowhere. I think it's about being more intentional with our feelings and not letting our feelings take a hold of us. I see anger very differently than how I saw it when I was younger. Anger has always been this very familiar emotion to me, especially on one side of my family, it really does go through generations. But I feel like anger is just a great entryway into your own healing. Anger can really show you what needs to be seen. And what anger really needs is softness. The messaging I received as a child was that anger was this dark, scary, and uncontrollable emotion that anger was bad, should be hidden, and that it was absolutely unacceptable. I witnessed the dark side of anger and how it can be used in destructive ways, which only increased my fear of my own anger. As I got older, I had a fear of getting too close to others because I thought if they saw all of me, then they would no longer love me. And what I was really saying was that I didn't love that part of me and that I was scared of getting too close to myself. I really think I had this deep-seated belief that I could only be loved if I acted to according to what was permissible. It was a love with conditions. I love you only if you do this. I love you only if you act like this. I had learned to love myself with conditions which manifested my reality. This reality attracted relationships, created habits and situations, all stemming from that belief. What I really needed was to face my anger, sit with her, ask her, what is it? What is it that's really hurting inside? I needed to get to know her. When I discovered that subconscious belief, 
I traced it back to where it came from and I was able to have compassion for it, you know, love on it. When I was able to insert that new belief about myself, I was really aware of what I deserve and, and how I really see life. I had this new appreciation for this deeply complex character that I am in all my layers. I had to lay down my judgment about the angry episodes I had in the past, and the real medicine was my own forgiveness, my own kindness, learning how to give myself grace. I really needed to give myself all of the things I never really experienced. When I meet my anger with my own gentle awareness, my anger stands no match. It melts in the arms of my higher self. What I understood was I could not pull from the same bag of energy I was raised with. This newfound compassion, love, and patience had to come from another source. I had to become my own source. The work starts when you meet your past with a different energy than you've been treated with. It is not matching their energy. If you want to create something new in your life, the source has to come from another place than what you've received. And it's not easy to create what you've never seen before, but it is so possible. And see, once you clear out the old energy, you pick the weeds, you have to make space and lay out new soil for new habits, new ways of being, and new relationships. You have to lay a foundation for those rituals of love to blossom on. And this trickles down into making love a ritual. Taking the time to find out what love really means and feels like for you. It sounds simple, but has anyone ever told you that you're allowed to take the time? We live in this go, 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 capitalistic, overproductive society that pushes this narrative that we need to rush to accomplish. But has anyone ever told you that you're allowed to take the time to find out what life really means for you? You are allowed to take the time to learn something new. You have to believe that you are worth taking time for, that your time is valuable because you are valuable. You have to care about yourself enough to want better for yourself and create a new environment to allow these new habits and beliefs to thrive. It takes a lot of energy to suppress your emotions. So when we let out how we feel, when we acknowledge it and give it space, you are making room and you are letting energy out that can be used for your growth, your creativity, your dreams, whatever else you're looking to do. Our jobs are really just to dig deep enough and be willing to see and clean out all the gunk, wipe our foggy lenses, understand the stories, and find all the blockages that are keeping us from living our most loving and peaceful life. I believe it really is a practice. When you strengthen that muscle of choosing yourself, choosing peace, being clear on your daily rituals, one day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to feel all the results of all of those days that I've dedicated to taking care of myself. I'm going to live into the results 
of my daily choices. The more I build trust with myself, the more I build trust with my life, the more I can add onto my plate. Just watch what happens when you keep your word to yourself, when you actually do the things you say you're going to do, when you start to move with the knowing that you can take care of it. And not only that you can take care of it, but that you are taken care of by life. A lot of these rituals that we are creating to enrich our lives is all about starting small, really minuscule shifts throughout the day. Just even choosing to see something differently in your life is a monumental shift. It's just, I think sometimes we overlook it because we're like, oh, it's such a small change. It doesn't really mean anything. But all of those small changes add up to an enormous lifestyle change. So we really have to give credit to those small shifts we make per day. And I think the smaller we start and the more committed and disciplined we are, we actually see these rituals play out. And um, I think in making sure that our rituals of love are coming from a place of love. You know, I can, for example, sometimes I love to late night snack. Oh my God, girl, a, a cookie, a croissant, whatever. And I can minimize if late night snacking is not something that I feel like adds on or really benefits my highest self, I can do that in two different ways. I can do it from a place of love, which is, okay, so how do you like to feel when you go to sleep? Well, I love my nighttime routine. I love drinking tea and feeling empty and finishing with a great meditation and visualization. Okay, why don't I lean into the rituals that I love? Or I can punish myself for late night snacking. I can say, I shouldn't do this. I need to cut this out. I need to stop this right now. And the thing is, I can still minimize my late night snacking, but one is coming from a place of love and the other one is coming from a place of punishment. So when we're creating these rituals of love, there should be love we're putting into it. There should be joy that we're putting into it that like we actually really love our bodies and we want to take care of ourselves and we enjoy the pleasure of taking care of ourselves. So I think the more we lean into that, we can actually see us not only develop with our habits, but just developing with who we are and who we're becoming. We're becoming more kind to ourselves and giving ourselves the structure to actually carry out the life that we truly want to live. So for our homework or like a journal prompts, I invite us to think about, think about one thing 
that we are currently in conflict with, one thing that we are currently resisting. And I want to see if there's anything that you can do to create more acceptance in your life. If there's one thing you can shift your perspective about how you feel about something, that you can change the energy you've been giving it. And I want you to think of one thing that you can do to make a step closer to a love ritual in your life. It could be the way, again, it can be anything. It could be your nighttime routine. It can be, you know, the way you cook food for yourself. Just one ritual that you want to step more into and, you know, see where it goes.